Come on, let's lift it up, you Lord. It's long. 
singing and I will. Come on, and I will. Come on, as long as I am breathing. I will. I will Come on. One more time all over the building and I will not be silent. all over this house. Come on, with your hands raised as a sign of surrender. Oh 
give God praise. That's a great place right there to give God the highest praise. Hallelujah. It's His breath in our lungs. 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 And as long as we are breathing, as long as we are breathing, as long as we are breathing, we will give Him the praise. Somebody came to give God praise this morning. Somebody came to magnify the Lord. Somebody came to lift up the name of Jesus. Somebody came to exalt his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First lady said, I came in to give God praise. I enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I enter into his courts with praise. I am thankful unto him. And I came bless his holy name. Did anybody come to bless his name this morning? Did anybody come to give him praise? Did anybody come to worship him? Because the devil is afraid of your worship. He has to back up when he sees the worshiper. When he sees somebody clapping their hands, opening up their mouth, and stomping their feet, the devil has to back up and say, I thought I put her in this. I thought I stripped her blind ass. But when you be going to worship him, when you got to worship in hell, when you got to worship in hell, hallelujah, the devil has to back up. The devil has to back up. The devil has to back up. Hallelujah, God. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Welcome to Kingdom Celebration Center. For we are the church that loves God. We are the church that loves people. We are the church that fulfills needs. Hallelujah. You still have time to get here. We are at 952 Annapolis Road, Gambrels, Maryland. We are worshiping in the house of the Lord. And we want to thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for joining us on live stream. And if you can help me honor... The gift that God has given us in this house this morning. Hallelujah. Our apostle and first lady, Dr. Barbara Palmer, Antonio Palmer. We honor you this morning. We give God praise for you this morning. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. God is worthy this morning. Hey, come on. This is a week of Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Can you look back over yesterday or the week over and think of something that you can give God praise for? Hallelujah, because he's worthy. As you're going into this week of Thanksgiving, put a praise upon your lips this week. Hallelujah, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, put a praise upon your lips this week. Hallelujah. Somebody didn't have the opportunity to praise him this morning. Somebody didn't have the opportunity to worship him. But God, because of his grace and his mercy, because of his love and his kindness towards you, he touched him with the finger of love. And he woke you up this morning in your right mind. Hallelujah. He gave you every activity of your life. Yes, God. So we praise you this morning. We praise you this morning. Hallelujah. I 
I'm not taking up daytime minutes. I'm not getting in trouble this week. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Kingdom Celebration Center. Hallelujah. This week we have our food drive tomorrow. We will be giving away turkeys for our Thanksgiving baskets. If you would like to help and volunteer, please join us tomorrow morning at 830 at our other location, 1350 Blair Drive. Um, anything else? Alrighty, guys, it is offering time in the house of the Lord. Offering time in the house of the Lord. There are five ways to give. The easiest way is to go to Kingdom Celebration Center app, download the app, and you'll find everything right there that you need. If you do not have the app, you can download it now, or you can go to any of the things on the screen. If you still give with checks, or cash, please put it in an envelope, hand it to one of the ushers in the back. All righty. Praise the name of the Lord. So if you can one more time, stand up. And worship with our magnificent praise team. Let the Lord. Come on, eBay.
And he is my 
He's committed to your win. He is our faithful Father. Victory is His name. Hallelujah. Come on, can we stand on our feet and worship the Lord? He's never lost the battle. Come on, lift up his name. Jesus, you never lost the battle. He's never lost the battle. Claim your victory right now. Claim your victory right now. In Christ Jesus, he's never lost. up your hands right now and give him the best praise that you can ever give him he's never lost the battle the battle is not yours it is the lord's put it all in god's hand he'll work it out for you he's never lost a battle hallelujah hallelujah before you be seated if you just give somebody a holy hug in the house of the Lord and welcome them here at the Kingdom Celebration Center. We are a church that loves God, we love people, and we fulfill needs. He's never lost the battle. Thank you so much for worshiping with us on this wonderful Sunday morning. It is truly a day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I would say of the Lord, he is my strength. Anybody need some strength this morning? Just say of the Lord, you are my strength. Oh, oh, you are my strength, God. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Well, you may be seated. I don't want to. I don't want to get too caught up in the dancing or any oh anything like that. Yeah. Oh my Jesus. I don't. I don't want you to. I don't want nothing to happen to you right now. I just want to just. <laughs> I, I, I heard something this morning said, when I think about Jesus, 
and what he's done for me. When the Bible and how he said, I would. Y'all don't want to dance. You don't want to dance? <laughs> let me. Okay, let me get you this because I got. I got a couple of things I got to do because I got to get you home. I know you don't like to be in church all day. Uh, you'll be in the movies all day, but you don't like to be in church all day. You'll watch Oprah all day, but you don't like to be in church all day. But it's okay with me. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, let me. Okay, I'm right. It's. My mama would say, turn all that noise down, boy. <laughs> What's all that fuss? <laughs> all right. Um, let, okay, let me act a little civilized. <laughs> because y'all seem like y'all want to do a, have a praise break or... Pastor Johnny look like you're ready to break dance. I don't know what you... <laughs> Glory to God. All right. All right. Thank you, musicians. Thank you so much. Um, I, I, we had a good weekend. I don't know about you, but the Lord has just, you know, graced us with good life. Good life. Anybody living a good life? Okay, that was kind of low. <laughs> All right, so the Lord has blessed us with a good life, and I am just ecstatic. I mean, my heart is just so, I'm just so ju jubilant. So I don't know, even know the word to describe how I feel uh, this morning, uh, but um, the uh, Nehemiah said that the joy of the Lord is my strength and I, I feel I feel stronger wiser <laughs> better enough <laughs> but I do feel stronger today um and uh and one of the reasons why is because our beloved judge judge Vicky Gibson who's in the house with us uh, on this morning she won uh the election as the judge of the orphans court as an incumbent, she's there again, and we thank God for you and just doing an incredible job. People wouldn't vote for you if they didn't think that, you, that you're the person suitable for the job you're doing, and you're doing an excellent job and representing us well. And so I'm just happy uh, that, uh, and listen to this, but I believe she got the most votes out of all the judges. And so I believe the Lord is building a holy army, an army of goodness, uh, and for uh, there to be some restoration uh, in the land, right? And so, yeah, he said he'll heal the land. If we pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, that he'll start healing the land, right? He'll forgive us of our sins and, and uh, he'll hear from heaven. And so I believe that God has brought Judge Vicky to help in this process of healing the land, all right? And we're talking about the land. We're not just talking agriculturally. We're talking about the people of the land. And so uh, our ethnicity, our ethnic group, we need healing from all of the things things that has happened to us of, what, 400-plus years, um, but it's our day and in our time. 
things are turning around, okay, and not just for the believer, but for a, a particular ethnic group in our society. God is turning some things around, and so uh, and so there was pretty much almost a clean sweep uh, there uh, for those who would be um, put in positions of authority and influence. Uh, that's going to uh, make some decisions on our behalf. And uh, and so we have Anne Arundel County has elected their first black sheriff. There's a new sheriff in town. Everett Sesker is the new uh, sheriff, the first black sheriff ever in Anne Arundel County's history. And, uh, and I'm so overwhelmed. He asked me uh, to pray. Uh, covering for him at his uh, swearing-in ceremony, and I'm so elated uh, that he would ask me. And uh, I remember those days when he would come to the uh, food distribution and and uh, consecutive day uh, days, weekend and week out, he would come and uh, and help and support us. And so uh, it would be uh, I always tell everybody: if you come to KCC, you'll win. You're on the winning team. <laughs> You're on the winning team, right? Um, but but I'm happy. Also, Miss um, Erica Griswold, uh, she uh, has become the first black woman elected to serve as Register of Wills. Amen. So Anne Arundel County, God is up to something. Pastor Johnny, we used to say when we first started Kingdom Celebration, say that this is Jesus County. <laughs> Hallelujah. We might have to get that back in our verbal <laughs> <laughs> uh, resource here. So, uh, but we believe that God is doing a great thing. Of course, we all know that we have uh, the first uh, black uh, governor elect, Wes Moore. Alongside with him, we have the first black attorney general and Anthony Brown. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, here ours truly um, has been, um, Re-elected, uh, Shanika Henson has been re-elected to serve as our delegate here uh, for delegate uh, for District 30A, but she's here member here at, at this church, and so we're just excited. And of course, um, um, Sister Priscilla is uh, on the Democratic Central Committee. And uh, and all this, I said, all this happened under the encouragement and leadership of our beloved mother uh, here. And I'm just going to always ask if you can stand because you're so you're queen, you're gracious, you're, you're you're full of grace. The lovely Christine Davenport. She she, <laughs> she looking around like who me? No. <laughs> all right. And so uh, and why am I saying all this is because. Uh, because, uh, and I said it last week, that there's a shifting uh, here in the state of Maryland, and uh, that because there are a, a new authorities uh, that are on the scene. And number one, uh, according to uh, sec, uh, First Timothy two and two, we're supposed to be praying for those who are in authority, those who are in leadership. And number two, because uh, there are different people, new people who are in authority, that allows the church an opportunity uh, to be able to be an influence with encouragement, uh, with challenge, with uh, you know, with instructions that will lead towards what we call a peaceable life, a life of tranquility and goodness. I don't know about you, uh, but that's what I want. 
<laughs> in this life and the life to come. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I wanted to say that. And so we have some good people who are in office. And that don't mean that we won't challenge people. And that's because we have to guide and steer uh, to get to uh, where we envision. So, uh, but thanks be unto God who has given us the victory and always causes us to triumph in his name. Hallelujah. All right. So I don't know, um, musicians, I feel something in my big toe. So I might, uh, yeah, something might, something might break forth on today. Uh, <laughs> so, right. It feel like it want to get to my kneecaps. I don't know what's going <laughs> All right, let me get into the Word of God, and uh, and so now I two well maybe three weeks ago I started, or at least I did the intro to a series. I'm going to kind of rehearse the intro to this new series, and I'm going to carry this series right on out into the to the new year, the Gregorian calendar year. We're going to right, and I hear that Christmas and the New Year. Day, New Year's Day is on a Sunday, both Christmas and the New Year are both on Sunday. So we were kind of looking at each other like, wow, what are we going to do? <laughs> so uh, and so we're going to have some instructions uh, for that. Um, but, I, you know, me, I'm, I go hard in the pain. I love Jesus. I'll come to church every day. But yeah, I know you're not like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to orchestrate some things and make some arrangements uh, for you to understand what we're going to be doing. All right. So, but this new series, we're going to carry this out the whole for the year. It's probably going to carry out even longer than that. Also, we want to uh, have our pastors and elders and ministers of, of the gospel be ready uh, to be on guard to possibly, you may be preaching and teaching and prophesying and praying and all that good stuff. Okay. All right. And yeah. And, and the Lord is up to something. Can you just look at somebody and tell the Lord is up to something? No, 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 no. You got to do it like this. You got to say the Lord is up to something. <laughs> yes, he is. I believe he is up to something. Okay. Now, uh, I'm going to be preaching, and some of the things that I'm going to be preaching, I got uh, the Lord recalls some stuff to my mind that's in my book uh, here called Mark the Perfect Man. Okay. All right. And of course, perfection isn't what, you, what the Webster's uh, Dictionary defined as perfection, but what the Bible says is perfection. All right. And so he talks about a perfect man. And of course, you know, that means someone who's mature. Okay. Uh, who has a well-balanced life. He says, Mark, he says, observe, study that kind of man who has a balanced life, okay? And he says, because Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, because why? The end of his days are shalom, all right? That shalom or peace, which means uh, that he is well in every dimension of his life. He matures to a place where he's well in every dimension of his life. Anybody want to be well in every dimension? Look at somebody, tell them shalom. I speak shalom to you. All right. And in fact, we said that the greeting, uh, that the Hebrew greeting back in back in the day used to be mashalomka, right? Which uh, which is actually a question. How is your peace? Okay. Uh, you know, we say here in America, you know, 
how you doing? Yo, what's up? No, we say, how you doing? All right. And so, uh, which is kind of parallel, but they're asking you to check yourself to see, is there any area in your life that need to be worked on? Okay. Mashalomka. All right, what, what, what area in your life do you need to work on? And so that's when you begin the dialogue and say, you know what, uh, please pray for me in this area and so forth. And that's why when James in chapter five, he says to confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. He's talking about different areas in your life. Real genuine revival can't take place until we can learn how to confess our faults one to another. The enemy has done a good job in causing us to do like this, like, I don't want you to know anything about what's going on with me. <laughs> um, because he says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. And the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth my, or accomplish many things, right? And so I'm going to get into that once we get into one of the habits, of course, which is prayer. Uh, but I want you to realize uh, that if we can mashalumkai, if we can check each other's peace from time to time, we're going to be well off. If you see a brother or a sister walking those doors and they looking all gloomy and look like the world them beat them down and beat them up, you don't supposed to avoid them. You're supposed to say, Mashalomka. What's going on with you? That's the Ebonics. What's up with you, yo? <laughs> all right. All right. So we want to, so we're going to begin this series called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Believers. Okay. Seven habits of highly effective believers. We want your life. The Lord desires for your life to be highly effective. Okay. He wants you to be a powerful person in him. You are a believer. How many believers we have in the house of the Lord? Okay. And when I say believers, that means that the Yeshua, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Praise God. Yahweh is your father. He is the Elohim. He's the God of all gods, Lord of all lords. Hallelujah. And you worship him. And it's a privilege. My wife said the other day, you can't say seven billion anymore. We just hit the eight billion point in the world. There are eight billion people on the face of the earth. And the Lord chose you. What a privilege. You didn't hear what I said. What a privilege. The old songwriter said, what a privilege we often forfeit. <laughs> oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Uh, turn with me, if you will, in your Biblios, your Bibles, to John 15 and 8, and then we're going to... Uh, go to 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. Okay, John 15 and 8, it is our custom to stand for the reading of the Word of God here at Kingdom Celebration Center. And I, uh, uh, it would be remiss of me not to salute everyone who's watching by way of live stream. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could be doing all, any and everything else while you're at home or while you're in your car or wherever you may be, but you tune in here to Kingdom Celebration Center. Thank you. The Lord has a word in store for you. Uh, John 15 and 8, and 
I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible, and I see we have the King James here. Oh, no, that's the same. Okay, good. And it says, my father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Let me say it one more time. He says, my father, look at somebody telling him, talking about our father. Tell him that's our daddy. <laughs> right. All right. So he says, my father, this is Yeshua was saying, is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Okay, we're going to spin on over to 1 Timothy uh, 4, verse 7 and 8. 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. And again, I'm in the New American Standard Bible, and you may be in the King James or NIV or New Living Translation or the Complete Jewish Bible, whatever version of the Bible you have, right? All right, so uh, the, the scriptures read as this, but stay away from worthless stories that are typical of old women. I, I'm telling you, I didn't say that. <laughs> Apostle Paul told Timothy that. I'm just reading the scriptures, okay? <laughs> I wonder what old women talk about. I should just go and hang out with some old women one day just to see what Paul was saying, and I can give you a revelation when I get back. <laughs> Rather, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily training is just slightly beneficial. But godliness is beneficial for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. All right. Also for the life to come. So, again, we're going to we're going to dialogue and we're going to talk about the seven habits of highly effective believers. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there are seven habits of being a highly effective believer. Come on, say it one more time. Say, neighbor, say, oh, neighbor, there are seven habits of being a highly effective believer. Pray with me, if you will. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that you've provided for us. Thank you that uh, you have given us the opportunity to embrace your word. Let the entrance of your word illuminate our hearts and minds, that we may be able to walk by faith and not by sight, that we may be able, Lord God, to know your will and to know your plan and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. Thank you for your grace, your loving kindness, your tender mercies toward us. Had it not been for your son dying on the cross for our sin, where would we be? But we thank you now, Lord God. And so we open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to be attentive to, the, to your word. For if there is something that you should speak to us, it would bring healing, deliverance, and salvation. Such a way that as we embrace it, we will reflect 
who you are that the world would know that through you we can be saved we thank you jesus in your name we pray and everyone said together amen and amen please be seated So here in John 15, um, verse 8, the scriptures share with us, Jesus says that my Father is glorified in this. There is something that we can do that can glorify the Father. Now we worship him, we praise him, we extol him, we lift his name. That honors him. But something that goes beyond that, that can glorify him, he said, is in this, that you bear much fruit. There are two things when we're talking about fruit in the Bible, and the word fruit just simply means results, okay? Uh, And so we want to bear what we call God kind of results, God-given results. This is what the our Lord is a result-oriented God. (laughs) All right, and that's why we were shouting the victory for Judge Vicky and others is because these were results of hard work and going on a campaign trail and run and and speaking with people in different neighborhoods and and sharing their vision and what they can do for us and so forth. But it took time. It took lots of time. It took money. It took lots of money. And so it paid off. So so there were results from that. And uh, our God is a result-oriented God. That's why Jesus, when he went to the fig tree, he was looking for fruit. And when he didn't see fruit, when it's supposed to bear fruit in that season, it didn't. So he cursed the tree. Okay. All right. Why? Because he's looking for results. I believe that the Lord is looking for the God kind of result from the seed that he put down on the inside of our hearts. (laughs) Any seed that's in the right soil, that's getting the right water and nutrients, uh, praise the Lord, will do what? It will flourish. It will come up. It will come forth and will become what it was planted for praise God and so it, and so the seed which is the incorruptible word of God should be able to flourish there should be evidence there should be God kind of results for the incorruptible seed that's on the inside of your heart fruit and so uh, and so fruit then there are two things that we look at uh, when we talk about fruit when it relates to the church number one or the believer number one fruit is the kind of character that comes as a result of the word of God in your or the incorruptible seed that's in your heart character <laughs> Character. You should. Have, I'm not talking personality. Okay. Some of us have charisma. Some of us don't. Okay. Uh, some of us are quiet. Some of us aren't. <laughs> okay. Some of us are introverts. Some of us are extroverts. We have different types of personalities, but God is not talking about personality. He's talking about 
character because Peter had a different personality than Paul. Paul was diplomatic. Paul was soft-spoken. Peter was loud and sometimes obnoxious. And before he knew Jesus, he was cussing everybody out. Right? All right. But then he got converted and then a new character was born in him within the midst of his personality. <laughs> All right. So I don't have to change who I am as far as my personality. Okay. But I do have to change my character. Okay, let me, let me, I'm going to get there just a little bit in just a minute. And so when we talk about bearing fruit, he says bearing much fruit. And so it, my character, my character should be shaped in such a way that I begin to reflect who he is on the earth because now I'm a representative. I can't just do any and everything. I can't just say any and everything. Okay, so before I met Jesus, I would cuss you out. I know you're looking like, I, I just can't believe. See, <laughs> see what I'm saying? And see, and Pastor Johnny was a drill sergeant, so you know he would cuss you up and down. Right. And so, <laughs> right, and, so uh, and so those are things that uh, that those old things that should pass away, those those bad habits that should pass away from my life. You shouldn't be cussing right now. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about the one that just got saved. I'm talking about, especially about the one that's been saved for at least five and 10 and 15 and 20 years. You should be, look at somebody saying, you shouldn't be cussing no more. Tighten it up. <laughs> Boy, I see some conviction already. I need the oil. I need thee. <laughs> All right, so. So, 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 because the mouth, there's something about the mouth. There's something about how, how we talk to people that reveals character. See what I'm saying? And then what we do reveals character because character, don't tell me that character and behavior don't go hand in hand. What you're doing, how you treat people, uh, reveals character. Okay, all right. And how many times we got to? Do you have to apologize to people about the same stuff? You ain't learned the first time. You didn't learn the sixth, seventh time. You didn't learn the thousandth time. <laughs> Stop doing the same stuff. I'm going to get into something just in a few minutes here. But, but, but character and behavior, what you do and what you say, really, uh, really determines who you are. Because a tree is known, what are we talking about, bearing fruit? By the fruit that it bears. So when we're talking about bearing fruits, we're talking about the results of your character and behavior. <laughs> Old folks were saying, what's the matter with Jesus? He's all right. <laughs> all right, so, so, so our 
our character, our behavior, and, and what we say out of our mouth, what we confess out of our mouth, this reveals uh, who we are and, uh, and, uh, and what's going to happen in the day of judgment. It's going to happen. It's going to, that's what he said. Everybody up in here is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody. <laughs> Nobody is ex exempt from standing before him or kneeling before him yes. on the day of judgment. Yes, Jesus. Nobody. So now our life should be, uh, we, we should value our life in such a way to say, I'm preparing myself to stand before him. <laughs> I want to prepare myself to stand before him. Okay, all right. All right, let me, let me move on. So that's the first thing as far as bearing fruit. He, uh, fruit uh, is, is born through what kind of character he can develop uh, in your life, okay? So we're bearing fruit. Uh, we bear fruit. Number one is character. And so he talks about the character or the characteristic, character traits of the Holy Spirit that's in you. So how many have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them? You believe, you say you're a believer, and so that means that the Holy Spirit has come to regenerate your life. Now, if that's the case, if you're born again, uh, a born again, blood-washed believer, then the character of the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, okay? And this is what the Lord is trying to develop so that you can reflect him, it is his character, okay? You can't reflect him out of your own character. So he, he puts on the inside of us his nature. You have been partakers of the divine nature. And then he says, with this, uh, the, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's for all things pertaining to godliness, life and godliness. You can live a good life and a godly life. Yeah. All right. Okay, so, so he put his, his character. When the Holy Spirit came into your heart, now it's the process of developing character, and he's looking for that kind of fruit, that kind of result of what's on the inside of what he put on the inside of you, right? Uh, and so... Paul says in Galatians chapter 5 that it looks like this. It looks like love, joy, peace, patience or long-suffering, long-suffering, okay? Goodness and gentleness, meekness and uh, uh, temperance, okay? I don't know if I missed one. I might have, but, uh, so, but that's one fruit. <laughs> Come on, let's read it right. Look at in Galatians chapter 5, that's one fruit. He says, the fruit of the Spirit. Or he could say the character or of, the, or of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace. All of it is together. Those are elements, nutrients within that one fruit. If you love and demonstrate love, you have peace. 
if you, okay, Jesus put it this way, what's the greatest commandment? He said, and he told, uh, he, he told the man, he says, look, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. He's talking about love. If you love God uh, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, guess what he said you'll do? He says, if a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies at peace with him. Anybody got enemies? Huh? No, you don't? Oh. <laughs> All right. So we got enemies, right? Okay. And, you know, if we want to use Ebonics, we got haters. <laughs> but we, we, we have enemies, right? And so, uh, but if your ways please the Lord, you ain't got to worry about your enemies. They have to respect you. <laughs> you may not like me, but you got to respect me. <laughs> All right. Why? Because my ways are pleasing the Lord. And he says, I'll make even my enemies that uh, come to peace, be at peace with me. Meaning they can't do nothing to you, even if they want to. And they may have more power and more uh, influence and more authority, but because of him. They can't do nothing about it. They can't, they, what? If the Lord be for us. So this is scripture. If the Lord be for us, who can be against us? All I'm doing is quoting scripture. So this is what he's saying to us, that he has character. If we start, let me put it this way. If we start, demonstrating love and joy and peace and long suffering, patient, being patient with people. That's what that means. Not just patience in trials, but patient with people. <laughs> okay. See, we got work to do, don't we? All right. All right. And being kind, showing some kindness or some gentleness. Okay. Some goodness. All right. Being useful. That's what it really means. Uh, you know, and having temperance or meekness and temperance. Temperance is self-control. We're going to talk about this in a few seconds here. Self-control. Look at somebody telling, get a, get a little, get a little control of yourself. <laughs> get some control of yourself. <laughs> get some control of yourself. All right. Get some, get a handle on some things in your life. All right. So, so the character, once you start displaying this and walking in this character, he'll make even your enemies at peace. Seven habits of highly effective believers. So that's the first fruit. Then the second fruit is he told us to go out here and win some souls. Why are we so scared to tell somebody about Jesus? Boy, y'all are quiet as a church mouse. Not saying that we have any little Mises around here, but I'm just saying, <laughs> praise the Lord. We get quiet because for some reason, we don't like to share Jesus with anybody. And the world will share any and everything else and uh, and dare you to share Jesus. See, we got work to do because he says we should not only bear fruit, but much fruit. 
okay? And the only way you can get through is that you plant seed. One man planted, the other water, and God gets the increase. But God can't get the increase if you never plant a seed. If you never share the gospel of the good news with anybody, how can you expect results? How can you expect somebody to get saved? All right. Oh, Lord, I feel Jesus up in here. Se seven habits of highly effective believers. And these habits produce fruit. God kind of character and, uh, and souls being one to the Lord. Okay. We've got work to do. Look at somebody telling them we've got work to do. Okay. All right. Now we are in America. And so it's, it's challenging to share the gospel because you know why? Because everybody seemed to know the gospel and they got different versions than what we have. And some of you felt rejected and some of you felt confused because there's a different gospel than what you have. And so that's why if you don't dig into the word of God, if you're not hearing what the Lord is saying to the church, you can get caught up in confusion. And it has been amplified 10 times greater degree because of social media. Everybody has a word. Oh, no. <laughs> And everybody has a title of some sort. I was like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> right? All right. But God still can give us God kind of results. You know what makes me mad? When I see preachers that are out here doing any and everything. And I'm trying to make 100. That's what the old folks say. You don't know what that means. 99 and a half won't do. I'm trying to make 100. And, uh, and, and, and I'm, you know, ooh. And I thought that Paul told Timothy uh, and Titus that there are some things that qualify you to lead the church. Am I right? There are some things that qualify you. All right, and a good character is one. Okay, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move, move forward out of this. So those are the two fruit. If you want to write it down, the two fruit is that, you know, God kind of character and soul winning. How many souls have you won this year? Okay. I ain't nobody answered. <laughs> all right. Okay, let me put it this way because, all right, now let me just kind of back up because, okay, now, how many people you invited to church this year? Because sometimes you need help in winning souls. He didn't say we had to do it by ourselves, right? But we can win souls uh, to the Lord together. So if you know that maybe you don't have the influence to really or even know the word in depth or whatever, but you still can invite somebody to church where people know the word. Yes. When they can hear some preaching, some good singing, some, you know. 
get into the right atmosphere. That's all you do is bring them to the If I can get somebody in the atmosphere where the presence of God is, results may happen. That's all I can do. All you have to do is invite somebody. We can invite people to go out with us to eat, go out with us to the mall, go with us to this way and that way, whatever. But seldomly do we ask them, come with us to church. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Right? Now, if they come or not, that's, that's not on you. At least you invited them, right? All right. But one day they may come through those doors. One day they may come through those doors and get under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit and give their lives to the Lord. That's good preaching right there. Okay, all right. Watch this, because y'all getting quiet on me, boy. Y'all were singing and running around and everything, waving flags. I'm going to preach word now. Y'all quiet like, no, I understand you're trying to take it all in. So these fruits are birthed or developed, if you will, through habits. And I shared it with you the other week what happened. I'm going, to re- I'm going to define this again, what a habit is. A habit is an acquired behavior pattern. This is what the Lord wants us to have. Spiritual habits. Good habits, God kind of, God instructed habits. So a habit is an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. Okay, so there's a behavior pattern that God desires to see you operating in until it becomes almost involuntary for you to do. Okay, are you getting this? And so there, and so now we have to look at some. Let's take let's examine our habits. (laughs) You ready to exam examine some habits? All right. Well, I'm not going to do that right now because I don't want to reveal the seven the seven yet. But when we begin to reveal the seven habits, you can see where you're at and where you can be developed where you can be trained and say, Lord, I can start right here and I can start developing these habits. And when these habits are developed, you're going to start becoming more effective as a believer. Okay. All right. So, um, again, like I said, it's the, we're talking about behavior patterns. Behavior patterns. That means that your life can be predictable. Your life can become predictable, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. All right. Uh, Samuel Smiles once quoted this. If you sow a thought, you reap an act. If you sow an act, you reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you'll reap a character. 
You sow a character, you'll reap a destiny. Mark Madison, this is the part I want to get to. Mark Madison, in his book, Freedom from Fear, the story of one man's discovery of simple truths that leads to wealth, joy, and peace of mind. This is what he said. Good habits are hard to form and easy to live with. Let me say it again. Good habits are hard to form, but easy to live with. Bad habits are easy to form and hard to live with. Pay attention. Be aware. If we don't consciously form good ones, we will unconsciously form bad ones. You want to form a bad habit? Do nothing. Bad habits will grow automatically. But they're going to be hard to live with. They cause you to make poor choices in life. My wife and I was talking about, had a discussion uh, about that, about poor choices, decisions. And, you know, there are some people that I know that have made poor choices in life and they're in the predicament that they're in because of choices that were built off of bad habits. So we want to develop good habits and consequently, these habits are hard to form, but they are possible. They are possible to form. A coach, when he's coaching, he's coaching to help develop a behavior pattern. An athlete, let me take myself as an example, when I uh, played football, I was a what they call a wide receiver. I don't know how wide I was, but a wide receiver. Anybody know what that is? Back in the day, we call a flanker. I had to flank. Okay, well, uh, anyway, in order for me to run good routes, to be able to catch a pass and possibly score a touchdown or a first down or whatever, I had to do what? I had to do the same pattern. The same pattern. Every time I go to practice, even when I'm practicing on my own, and run the same. Do I know how to do a five and out? Do I know how to do a five and in? Do I know how to do a post? Do I know how to run a, a, a flank route or, or, you know, a go or whatever you want to call it? All right, so uh, all these things I had to do, and I had to do it consistently until it became almost involuntary. I just did it. When the, when the quarterback said this is the play we're going to run, I knew exactly what to do, where to go on the field for that particular. You understand where I'm coming from. But if I was coming to practice <laughs> like this, like, I don't feel like doing nothing today. Guess what would happen? If you got in the game, which you probably wouldn't, but if you got in the game, you ain't going to know what to do. That's what we do sometimes in life. We form bad habits because. Jesus. Healthy habits are developed through training, discipline, and focus. Let me say it one more time. Healthy habits 
are developed through training, discipline, and focus. Pastor Johnny wants to tell us that Mike Murdoch says that men fail because of broken focus. Men fail. The number one reason why men fail is because of broken focus. Training is being committed to instructions. That's good. Let me say it one more time. Training is being committed to instructions. These seven habits that the Lord desires for us to develop in our lives, we have to be committed to the instructions that allow us to build these habits. Anybody listening? Okay, good. How well you follow instructions will determine how successful you will become. <laughs> Let me say it again. I got an amen corner that time. I got I to gotta say it again because I got an amen corner that time. <laughs> how well you follow instructions will determine how successful you can become. <laughs> it can determine your destiny. It can determine if you can demonstrate a godly character. It will also assist you in fruit bearing and it can prove whether you are his disciple. <laughs> and uh, Elder Charlene would tell you that my bishop will always say that behind every instruction, there is a blessing. If you want to see blessed folks, I guarantee you they follow a lot of instruction. And they did it well. You know you'll go through the same trial uh, over and over again until you learn how to follow the instruction that's going to help you pass. That's why we keep going through the same old stuff, because we're not listening to the, or we break our focus on what we're supposed to be doing, or we just simply aren't committed to the instruction. If you're not committed to the instruction, you're not committed to the blessing, because to live a blessed life is to be, is to live a responsible life. For to whom much is given, much is required. And everybody talking about, I want to be blessed. <laughs> I want to be blessed. And, and, but you don't want to be responsible. It, that don't work. Okay. So, uh, behind every instruction, there is a blessing. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
Behind every instruction, there's a blessing. And it shall come to pass, <laughs> if thou wilt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments or instructions, which he instructs us today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations on the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. And if you just hearken to the voice of the Lord, thank God that you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field and blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out and blessed to be the head and not the tail and blessed to be above only and not beneath here. Behind every instruction, there's a blessing. Watch this. Following, following instructions leads to a blessed life. Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. <laughs> Proverbs 13, 8, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. This is the word of the Lord. Proverbs 15, 32. He that refuse instruction despise his own soul. But he that heareth the reproof or instruction getteth understanding. Instructions are the tools for your training. Instructions are the tools for your training. Acts. Coach Shar, <laughs> you want to get a six-pack or you want to remain with the keg? Follow totally fit by Shar. If you follow her instructions, it'll lead to a six-pack. If you don't follow the instructions, you're going to keep your keg. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so uh, a coach gives instructions while training an athlete. This is why Paul uses the word, and I'm almost finished. And this is why Paul uses the word, or he says, use the phrase, exercise thyself. Exercise thyself, rather unto godliness. So he uses this word, exercise, he uses the Greek word, gymnasia. All right. Which where we get the word gymnastics or gymnasium or gymnast, okay, is where the athlete goes to train. And this is Minister Christian's favorite part. And back in biblical times or in those days, the Greeks and the Romans, when they went to the gymnasium or the place for their training, they would train naked. Well, I mean, we kind of do it when we go to Gold's Gym or whatever gym you go to these days. They got mirrors all over the place. You're not physically naked, but you're in the mirror doing all. 
and all you did was one push-up. But back in the day, they would train naked, all right? And, and then the other person will, uh, you know, in order to work on the bodily parts that was not de uh, fully developed or needed some areas of strength, they would tell each other that you need to work. It was accountability. Even they were naked, but they were... It was accountability, all right? So because the other, uh, we call them sparring partners today. But back then, this, you know, everybody naked or whatever, but there's a whole other story. But, but they would say, okay, where well, you need to work on your pectoral muscle. Okay, uh, whatever it may be. <laughs> all right, you, you know, you got to be developed in the Lord for godliness. You're going to have to have a transparent life. You have to be open and honest and obvious.